I am now. Yes, yes. Is it next crazy? Oh, there you are. Are you on there? I've sent you. A, I've sent you a request. Yep, there hey. I am. <laughs> How are you? Oh no, you know what? I think we're echoing. Can you hear us? Are we echoing? Yes. Oh, let me hear. Let me hear you. Oh, Can I wonder. Am I echoing? You're echoing a little bit. Am I echoing? Yeah, I think. I think it's the clubhouse. It is probably the clubhouse. Do you so want? What, what do you, um. What should we do? I mean, I don't know if it's that bad. Maybe ask. No, no, but, I don't think it's that bad. Let's continue. Let's yeah. Continue. Do you, you guys in the audience? Is the echo really bad? Is it driving you crazy? Can you, if it's driving you crazy, put like a, okay, the heart means it's okay, <laughs> or it's not okay. Put a thumbs down if it's not good. Heart if it's good. Okay. There's a lot of hearts. Okay, so I think we're good. All right. Okay. We're good. Okay, fantastic. So everyone, welcome to Global Sororitas. I have Juliet with us today, and it's such an honor to have Juliet on our platform. Um, Juliet and I run a room on Clubhouse together on the Friday, which is Authentically You. Um, it's fantastic, and I've just so glad that she's able to join us today so julia is the host and creator of next stop crazy podcast she is currently doing a love what you do series where she interviews um women who followed a passion or hobby and made it into a career she is a wife and mom to three kids she has two boxer dogs and she lives at the beach in new york Thanks, KG. So much for having me. This is wonderful. I'm excited to be here. And, um, and you're going to be on the podcast too, because you yeah. are you embody yes. a woman yes. that has followed their passion. So I love that. I'm so, I'm so honored to be on and talking to your followers. Fantastic. How is it over there? I know the weather's not so great. Oh, so we, it's, um, I don't know if you can see out my window, it is snowing pretty hard and it's been snowing for a couple of days. We're in the city for just, uh, my kids have off this week. So two of them, my oldest is injured right now. So he's home with my husband, but the two of uh, my younger ones, we came in, we had an awesome dinner last night. They, they're allowing people to go in to restaurants, but very socially distanced, um, only 25%. So we were able to have like a little, you know, little nook and have some Mediterranean cuisine last night, which was great. Um, and it's nice just to spend, you know, time with the two kids on my own. But we, we definitely have to drive in this uh, cuckoo weather. I, we stayed an extra night because I was like, you know what, let's let's be better safe than sorry. So it is, it's been, it, we we're getting a lot of snow, but you know what, it snow's okay. I don't mind snow. I enjoy snow. I don't love the bitter cold, you know, I kind of would rather have it snow and have something fun to do but driving in it we'll see <laughs> <laughs> fantastic so yes so we're going to just start off so just tell us a little bit about yourself so i am as kg said i am a mom of three and i have two boxer dogs um i my husband and i live at the beach in long island we used to live in new york city for many years and um after three kids and two dogs we thought you know what 
I, I basically was like, I, I'm, I sweat all the time. It doesn't matter where I am. I'm always sweating because I'm always doing a thousand things. So we moved to the beach in New York, which has been wonderful. I grew up right outside of Philadelphia in, um, in New Jersey in a small, very quaint town called Morristown, M-O-O. -O. People sometimes get it confused with the northern Morristown. Um, and I have, I'm one of five, had a, a wonderful childhood. Um, even though my parents did get divorced when I was 12, but they maintained a friendship and um, divorce wasn't really a known thing in our town. So it was definitely, um, you know, the talk of it for a little while, like, oh my gosh, if they get divorced, you know, we're all going to get divorced. But my parents did a really good job um, in raising us together. And my mom, especially, um, you know, was really, you know, made sure that my dad was there and all that kind of stuff. But I had a, I had a wonderful childhood and um, I met my husband in New York City. Um, at, well, that's not true. We, we lived in New York City at the time, but we were on a business trip and, um, and kind of met the first weekend. And that was it that I was I was sold. So um, that's a little bit about me. But I have a podcast called Next Up Crazy Town. I'm also a virtual coach. I help women get unstuck. Um, my big passion is I don't want to see women kind of just going through life thinking that they, you know, maybe don't have anything to add to the world. Um, it could be that their husband's the breadwinner and they chose to stay home, which is wonderful. But at some point they lose themselves a little bit and they feel like they, you know, don't have a voice. And I have a virtual course coming soon to just let them know, you know what, you do have a voice. And if you want to start something, you just have to do it, right? You just have to do it. And that kind of ties in with my Love What You Do series for Next Stop Crazy Town. Excellent. So we, we wanted to talk a little bit about ADHD, ADHD and motherhood. And I just want you to just let us know about your own experience growing up with ADHD. So my mom um, was is an education um, and my dad totally attention deficit. <laughs> like he wrote the book. So my mom kind of knew um, I was literally the second I was born. Uh, I never stopped moving. I was a kid that we would go to the beach and I would just run straight for the ocean, even if I couldn't swim. Um, I never sat still. I climbed on refrigerators, you know, right when I was able to walk, I was like a little monkey, uh, just a ball of energy. But the way my parents raised me was that was okay, right? They just got me into a lot of activities. I was very sporty. So I was constantly on the move. Um, school was definitely, uh, I think early on, realized it was a challenge. Um, but as I said, my parents always um, kind of instilled the curiosity in me. So I was allowed to ask a lot of questions. I was very chatty. My mom's one of seven and my dad is one of um, three. And our grandparents were pretty uh, big staples in our lives. And I was the entertainer. You know, Juliet's going to do something funny. She's going to do something funny. So it was always kind of looked at as um, I was the personality. Uh, and coming from a large family, you know, now we um, kind of look back and see that, you know, some of my siblings, you know, sometimes I took over a little bit, but that I also had being attention deficit. There's a lot of different misconceptions. People think that you're, you know, socially awkward or you have, um, you, you know, you don't know your boundaries. Uh, there's many different levels just like when, with any, you know, any disability or whatever. Like, I don't like to call attention deficit a disability. I think it's my superpower. I'm extremely intuitive. Um, I'm extremely social. I can brainstorm really well. I come up with great ideas. I'm very supportive. Um, and so that and that's how my dad was. And that's how my older son is as well. So I always say that we, we got the good attention deficit. <laughs> I mean, it definitely, you know, in school, I remember 
you know, like I could hear everything. So I could hear the clock ticking. I could hear pencils tapping. I could hear the person clearing their throat, you know, throat, biting their fingernails, any little sound I could hear. So I had to learn to kind of tune that out, which is not easy. Um, so school was, was a struggle for me, definitely a struggle. Um, but again, I had supportive parents that really helped and, um, you know, it was like, okay, well, this is a struggle for you, but look at the things that you're really good at. Mm. I didn't get, and I didn't get in trouble in school. I was talkative. So yes, I was like, you know, the chatty Kathy that, um, okay, you know, you need to go sit <laughs> closer here. Um, I got distracted, but I was not, I wasn't like a naughty kid. I didn't do things to get attention that way. Mm. Um, and again, I think that that's a misconception. People think when you hear attention deficit, it's like the, you know, the kid that, you know, is like the spazzy kid that can't sit still. Yes, I couldn't sit still. I was very fidgety. Um, but I was very fortunate that I always had teachers that kind of didn't, didn't yell at, yell at me and stuff like that. And my parents didn't either. I was allowed to get up and move. And it actually made my mom, who was a kindergarten teacher, a way better kindergarten teacher. She didn't have her kids sit in class, like, you know, sit in their seats when they were four and five years old. If they needed to get up and roll around, she just kept on teaching. So I, you know, as she says, I taught her a lot of things. Um, my oldest sister is also attention deficit, but she is the hypo. So she was the daydreamer. And that's what a lot of people think of women. That's what they say. The ADHD is the boy and the ADD. And now they just call it all ADD really. Um, but so it was more difficult for her because she was the daydreamer and um, like would forget, you know, her backpack and stuff. I didn't forget stuff. I wasn't forgetful. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Um, but you know, like, did you have any, specific challenge did you face any challenge and how did you overcome those challenges without allowing those things to define you because sometimes there's people have labels there's loads and loads of labels that we tend to put on people and you know you know you're this you're that and then box people up so how did you kind of navigate your way through to not allow it to to define you yeah. So Tracy Zellett just said something. Hey, Trace. Um, so executive functioning is a big thing. So executive functioning, just for layman's term, if you, if your house has seven rooms and every single one of those rooms is messy, you don't know where to start. Right. So mm -hmm. also for a kid in school, if they get uh, some homework and there's like, you know, you got to do this, this, and this, and this, and this, and there's eight things for them to do. They might be like, holy crap, I don't know where to start that was my big struggle. So that's where my attention deficit really kind of came out. I, my executive functioning was crap, but because I had a mom that kept me organized and I wasn't diagnosed at, at a young age, it wasn't until I was in college that I, um, I basically called home and I was like, I'm going to fail out. I am in, and I went to college because I played sports. So I was very fortunate that I was really good at sports and my parents um, you know, instilled that in me. So I got a scholarship and I was able to, um, play. However, I was also recruited by some really top schools and I couldn't ever get my SATs to a certain score. So that's the other thing that I really struggled with was test taking because my brain would just literally shut off. And that is, you know, I'm also dyslexic. Um, but it was more of the attention deficit being impulsive and just needing to get it done instead of pausing. 
pause your body. You know, that's one of my favorite things to say, pause your body, because I had to remind myself a lot to pause my body. So those were the kind of the challenges. But again, because I had parents and I had a good group of friends that knew, I mean, my friends all got really good grades and I was always the one that didn't get good grades, but I was really likable. I was really funny. I was a really good friend. And I, um, I brought entertainment and love and light into people's world. So it wasn't looked at like, oh, she's dumb because she doesn't do get good grades. There was definitely a period of time in my life where I didn't feel as smart. Um, and I think even into adulthood, there's times where, you know, I have to like kind of stop and be like, okay, let me just look. Cause I'm very good at listening to people. But a lot of times if I have something to say in my head, I'm saying that thing. So I'm not interrupting them. So I'm not, Oh, I have to really like sometimes write down what I need to say so I can put that to the side. And that's something that I teach my children as well, because even though my oldest is diagnosed, I'm sure my, and not, not severe, but my other two maybe have like slight something, but, um, but with no learning disabilities, which is very interesting when you have attention deficit and you have other learning disabilities, sometimes it's like a big trifecta. It's like, okay, well what let's get through and find out what is the root of the struggle. So when I went to college and I said to my mom, Whew, mom, listen, I mean, I had a psychology professor that was blind and he sat in the front of the room and talked like this. <laughs> I wanted to poke my eyes out. So for someone that was not, that wasn't a strong subject, first of all, I really liked the subject, but it was so much information. And the way he taught was literally in that voice. And I would like fall asleep, but he would know if you weren't there or you would get up because his other senses were so strong mm. um that like you could like I said my dad I would be like I mean I would cry to my dad but like, I'm gonna fail this class I can't I literally can't do it I want like I sit down and it, like his voice is just like I just want to fall asleep so I would record it and then I would go back um there was also one of my big lectures so the one thing to go back if I did get into those big colleges that were recruiting me, I wouldn't have been as successful because the big rooms were what were tough for me. So because I would count all the red shirts, I'd be like, what, what cute boy is over there? Do you know what I'm saying? I'd be mm. distracted with who was around. Oh, I like that girl's top. I'm going to have to tell her, you know, oh, look at those shoes uh, as the professor was talking. And then I'd be like, Ugh. so it took me because processing. So when he, the professor would be speaking, I would be writing, but it wouldn't be processing at the same time. So when I would go back to my notes, I would be like, well, what the hell is that? I don't know what that is because my processing wasn't as quick. So um, I saw a documentary or like a commercial or something on attention deficit. I called my mom. I was like, mom, I have, a, I have ADHD. And she's like, yes, we know. I was like, all right, I need to see a doctor because I need to see if I can get some help because I'm not going to survive in school. So she's like, okay. So I actually did go on attention deficit medicine in college. Right. I went from getting like C's and not doing great to getting on the honor roll. And my mom says, listen, my mom is, she's like, I, and we were not a medication family. Let me just put it that way. This was like a pretty big deal. I didn't take like Advil even, you know, like we, we were like very kind of holistic and cut stuff like that. But because I have a chemical imbalance, I needed that. Right. So it was like a very, you know, thing that I had to work through myself. And, um, and it was really interesting. I remember just being, I didn't have to study whatever the professor said, 
would I would just go down. I changed my major. I became a communications major, um, radio, television, film. So I was doing things that I really loved. And my mom will say there's times where she feels guilty, like maybe she should have medicated me at a younger age. However, it takes a lot for your body to adjust and understand medication. So like my kids are not like my oldest who's diagnosed. He is not on medication. We use homeopathy. I don't take medicine anymore. The day I got pregnant, the day before, three days before I got pregnant with my son, I stopped and I never went back. Not that I'm saying it's wrong because people do need it, but I found homeopathy to really help me. And also breastfeeding and um, the pregnancy hormone really helped. But I also wasn't going into an office anymore. I didn't need the same attention that I had before. But it was really interesting. But I say to my mom, mom, that's like an amphetamine. That's like a hardcore drug. You don't know what that does to a developing child. So you could have given it to me younger. I could have gone could do, done okay in school, but had other things that, you know, I didn't develop correctly in other ways because I was taking a narcotic, right? So that's the thing with my, my oldest. Um, not until he is full grown and fully through puberty will, will we ever even talk about it, but school's a struggle for him, right? And I see it and I'm like, oh, like I know that it helped me actually like, you know, do better in school. And my mom, that's the thing that she's like, I didn't realize that, you know, you were gonna do that much better. Like, I didn't know that it was that was your attention deficit was really hindering. But I don't think it was completely that. I also think it was that I was also taking classes that I really enjoyed and I really was into. So I think it was kind of, again, a trifecta of information. Mm, interesting. You know, like, like what you just said, like being a mother, it's a juggling act. You know, there's so many things to do. And I'm just wondering, you know, how have you been able to be a mom with age? HDHD, how does that feel? And so, yeah, oh, go ahead. No, you know what? It is one of those things that um, it's funny because I know you would ask me, like, you know, people will always say because they see me, oh, you must have such a fun household. I am strict and I am regimented. And so when my kids were little, I know this is what I expect of you. And this is what, if you, you know, if we don't do this, then we're going to have some, we're going to have discussions. Um, I need to be regimented. Um, but then there's also like, yes, my kids can play in the mud. I don't care if they cook and make a huge mess in my, mess in my kitchen. I can kind of live in, in messiness. I don't need my house to be like all o OCD organized. Um, I definitely probably instilled a lot of like question asking in my kids. That's one thing I always did. Ask questions. Um, be curious because that's how I was brought up. And I think part of my attention deficit is my mom said, even if I didn't want you to be curious, <laughs> You were going to be curious. So you were going to find your information. So that is something that I also, um, I think is great. So for my kids, I am like, I have my calendar. I have to write everything down. The second it happens, there's times where my husband will be like, do you have to do it the second? I'm like, if I don't do it the second, I'm going to forget about it. That's why my bills are on the counter. Cause if I put those bills away, they're gone. I am very much an all or nothing person. Um, I think that's part of my personality, but I do also think that's some of my attention deficit. So sometimes I do like for my kids, teaching them moderation, just in anything like, okay, let's enjoy where we are now, even though my brain's already here, right? I'm already ahead, but teaching them moderation, mm. that's probably been something that's a little bit of a struggle, like, you know, because I'm not moderation. I am literally full on or full off. Um, but I think my kids know, okay, this is what, like, this is what mom expects. So it's not that, you know, 
it's not that uh, I don't, my intention deficit doesn't get in the way there. I mean, maybe there's been a couple times where I've forgotten, like I missed put something in a schedule, but as a busy mom, I think we all have, right? So I'm very organized in that way. My kids' lives are very organized because I have to be that way to be able to know where I'm going. There is sometimes where, um, and this is what my homeopathy really helps because if I know I have a really busy schedule and the kids are done school and we have to go to like seven different things because they also all play sports, um, sometimes during the day I replay my schedule in my brain and that can give me a little anxiety, right? Because I'm like, okay, wait, I don't want to forget that. I don't want to forget that. I'm constantly checking my schedule. I do think that is part of my attention deficit, but I also talk to other moms that are like, no, I do that. And I don't have attention deficit. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah. um, I don't think that it's really hindered me in any, um, in any bad way. And I wouldn't say that it's made me more fun or not. I definitely, you know, I instill things in my kids, but I think that's, that's who I am. And I would be that if I didn't have attention deficit or not. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. So as a woman, you, um, you know, you have to take care of yourself. So I wanted to know that what things have you put in place in terms of self-care for you? So, you know, this, you're full on your stay-at-home mom. You've got your podcast. You've got so many things going on. How, what do you do to um, make sure that you're okay? Yeah, so I have to work out. I know if I do not work out, my brain does not work well. I also am very sensitive to um, uh, foods, which is so annoying. But if I have too much sugar, um, I definitely get affected and not in a hyper way. I just don't function as well. So when I'm eating clean and I'm making sure I work out every morning, um, and it's usually five days a week and I walk my dogs in nature, um, I do that the dogs are walked six days a week, at least two and a half miles. Um, I can, and as I said, like, so I played co two college sports um, and I didn't play them all four years. Cause once I started really, uh, once I was diagnosed and was taking the meds, I became so enthralled in everything that I was doing that I was on the radio. I just decided I wanted to do all these other things. So when I moved after graduation, I moved to New York city. Uh, I got a job before I even graduated because I knew that's where I wanted to be. That's the other thing. I think I know that when I have something I want to do, I go for it. And I think that's part of my personality, but I also am not afraid to fail because I've failed so many times in my life because of probably attention deficit and learning disabilities that I don't even think about it. Right. I'm like, okay, if I'm going to fail that, I know I'm going to learn. So I think uh, in my head, to work out when I first wake up. Like that's literally the first thing I do. I roll out of bed at 5.30 and I push play. And if I don't, I can, if I take too many days off, I can feel it. Like this week, my kids have off. I haven't worked out in probably four days. I mean, we walked around the city, but I definitely feel a little bit more scattered. Um, hormones play a big role in being scattered, which is so annoying. Again, <laughs> sometimes I want to curse the, the hormone gods. Um, because I can tell, like it is, I am very, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. That's another, it could be attention deficit, but it also could be just who I am, right? Um, but I am like, when I'm happy, I'm happy. When I am sad, I am sad. When I'm angry, I'm angry. Like it is not a, it's not a mystery. <laughs> mm. And I've always been like that since I was little. My mom would say, you know, when Juliet was happy, the whole world was happy. But when she was angry, oh my goodness, the whole, you know, everyone feels it. My oldest son is very much like that too.
Um, and I wouldn't say I'm moody, but like I can have big emotions. Again, it's the all or nothing kind of thing, but I'm, I'm pretty positive. I'm, you know, more of the positive side, but I can feel if I am like, you know, I've had more cocktails this week than I normally have. Um, it definitely starts making me sluggish and making me a little bit less, like a little bit more scattered. And so I just know I need to clean it up. Monday is a new week and I will be back to my clean foods and, you know, working out. So I just know that for myself. Um, but when I moved to New York city, I didn't work out for probably 10 years. I just, I had fun and I, but I was also on meds then. So it was different. You know, I was on meds for about nine years. Um, but now that I'm not, I know like those are the kind of things that I have to do for my own brain. Fantastic. So I read, I read that having HDH, sorry, gives you the ability to empathize with your children. You know, you help them to come up with creative solutions for problems and create a loving, nurturing and exciting home for your family. How have you been able to help your son be the best version of who he is whilst having his own difficulties? Yeah, it's one of those things that, you know, him growing up and realizing, oh, school's not easy. It's easy for everyone. Again, we were in a town for him, the same, that everyone probably was pretty much good at everything, even though I would say there's things they're not good at. You just don't know, right? You just don't see it, right? We see in school that that's where you struggle, but everyone has struggles. So, you know, I am very big on letting my kids express their emotions. Um, if they're angry, I want them to express it. I want them to disagree disrespect is not okay. If you're going to disrespect me or anyone, then you're in trouble. But if you have an opinion, you have an emotion, I want you to express it because your voice is, um, your, your opinion matters. And I've made that very known to my kids since they were very young. If you know, if I know we all have to do this right now, because you know, we're going to be late for X, Y, and Z. But I always would be like, does anyone have anything to add? Right? Um, I want them to know that. And I feel like at times in my life, I probably was better than other times. Um, but I think being someone that has struggled, I, it, it's, it's life, right? So you can have a pity party for yourself, you know, every once in a while, but everyone puts their pants on the same way, right? One leg in one and the other one, everyone puts a shirt on the same way. So if you have too much of a pity party, it's going to hurt you. So guess what? Figure it out, figure out how you can be happy and figure out how you can, again, find your strengths. And that's what we are really big in my family. We find our strengths. We really don't focus on the weaknesses. However, we acknowledge them because it's also not, not the real world. Everyone has strengths. Everyone has weaknesses. And if you just kind of brush either under, um, it's not okay. So like, for instance, my middle son, he is, his goal is to get on the high honors in, in middle school. My oldest son or my middle son. So my oldest son is my son that's dyslexic and with attention deficit. School's very difficult for him. Um, but we still celebrate my middle son, right? We, we don't be like, oh, don't talk about that because that would upset Montgomery. Even though in my head, sometimes I'm like, I wonder how that feels for him. I know how it feels because I remember being my siblings, but I was never jealous that they did better, right? I was happy for them. I was happy that school wasn't a struggle. So I think that that's also an important thing. Like, so my, my daughter, who's the third school's like, is, is real. It becomes very easy to her. Um, she does have to work, but there's times where I think there's going to be a time where she's going to struggle. And 
I just hope she knows how to cope with that because she hasn't struggled. Everything is, is pretty. And I remember my oldest saying, like, everything comes easy to her. Nothing is hard. Like, she read at an early age. But she read at an early age because she saw my oldest son struggling. She saw what it was doing to the family because we were all upset and struggling seeing him struggle. She got panicked that she was dyslexic, so she taught herself to read <laughs> um, when she was four. And um, I remember that. Like, I remember one day she just, like, started crying. And I was like, what is going on? And she said... I'm dyslexic. I can't read. And I was like, you're not supposed to read. And she's like, well, George in my class reads. And I was like, well, that's his strength. That's first of all, he was like three years old. I was like, that's crazy that he reads and not everything. Not, that's not normal, but good for George. Right. So if you want to practice it, go practice it. But so that's the thing that I do instill in my kids. You know, we have strengths. If you want them to get better, you need to practice them. If your weaknesses, um, hinder you or upset you let's figure out a way to strengthen them a little bit but also know they're they're never going to be easy right those are your weaknesses but we all have them we all freaking have them so i think just letting my kids express themselves especially my oldest um with school think... good no i think we're, okay we're, we're feeding back it was it was <laughs> we, we, we were having um uh there was echoing but oh there was echo. Oh, is it better now? Yeah, go on. Yeah, so I think that is something that is just important to instill in your children that, you know, we all have, have strengths and weaknesses. Um, and again, you can have a pity party for yourself. Sometimes you can feel sorry for yourself sometimes, but what's where's that going to get you? But acknowledge it, sit with it, and then move past it. Yes, I totally agree with that. So um, what role did your fate play in it? Because I know you've spoken about you know, your fate, my fate, Catholic. Or... yeah, yeah. So, um, I do believe that, um, that God has a plan for you. Right. And that always has taken, that's always given me, um, what's the word that's sometimes when you have attention deficit, you, your brain is going this fast, but you, your words don't come up. Um, and when you're tired, that happens. Uh, so that's the other thing, sleep. I know I have to have sleep or I, I'm scattered. Um, uh, comfort. I've always found comfort in that, knowing that there's a greater power. And I do believe that there's really a reason for everything. Um, now, that's sometimes sad. Like my husband lost both of his parents very when we were um, early on into our marriage. And whenever I say that, he's always like, well, what's the plan there? Right? Like, why? Why do you think that happened? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Sometimes we don't see the reason why things have happened until later. And then it comes clear. But I do find that I don't dwell on things. It is what it is. I feel like, you know, my, my guy up there has got my back and he's a plan for me. So I'm just going to go with it. Um, so I don't really, I don't har like harbor things. I don't resent things. I don't, um, I don't like, I don't do that. Cause I just, am like, God has a plan. He has a plan. Um, sometimes we, and again, sometimes we don't know what that plan is until later, but then it's like, ah, that's why that happened. So anytime that I do get anxiety, right? Anytime I do think, okay, I'm like, no, why am I getting anxious about this? I can't control this, right? I can, I can help it. I think I can make it better or worse because I think there are times where you can like, God has a plan, but you're like fighting the plan. Um, but, and so I, I do think that, um, you can make it again, better or worse. But I think if you just kind of take a breath, pause your body and go with it, you're, you're going to be okay in life. Mm, fantastic. So 
tell us about your Next Stop Crazy Town podcast. Yes. So I did this um, November 2019 is when I launched it. And I basically said to my kids, um, I'm going to start a podcast. And they were like, what? And I was like, I'm starting a podcast. And I said this to my husband. And they were like, okay. You know, a couple of my friends were like, that's really hard work. Do you know what you're doing? And I'm like, no, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to do it. Because when I say I'm going to do something and I have passion for it, I'm going to do it. So I started, and I know that there's, um, so I do, uh, I'm a virtual coach now. So I help women get unstuck, but I, for five years, and I still do it some, I was a virtual health and fitness coach. So I was really helping women in that aspect of their lives. Um, and I wanted to help them more, right? I wanted to them to see, because I'm prevalent on social media, you know, we're, like people think like, oh, oh, you're so regimented. You eat so clean. You're always working out. And I'm like, okay, if you could take a peek in here on my Friday night, that is not true. But I don't let it beat myself up. I live. I live my life how I you know, want to live it. I live it to the fullest. And that is something that's really important to me to live my life to my fullest. I think one of my, again, probably my attention deficit, but one of my biggest fears is boredom and stagnant, like just living a stagnant, boring life. That makes me insane. So I kind of always have to like shake things up a little bit. That's where the podcast came in. I was like, okay, you know what? Life is just kind of like this. Let's add something in there and add something that's going to help women hear these stories and be like, you know, like I've done stuff on mom fails, like things that I was like, oh my God, I, I probably would have judged people back in the day, like moms. And why do we judge each other? Right? Mm. Like my kid fell out of his high chair. I remember Brittany's Beer's kid fell out of his high chair. And I remember being like, oh, what a terrible mom. Even though I didn't say it out loud, I probably said it in my head, but I still judged her. And then two weeks later, my kid fell out of my chair. And I was like, oh, see, that's where I think God was like, you know what? Take you down for a second. You know, it happens. <laughs> and it was because he, and that's where people were like, no, God doesn't do that. And I'm like, well, that's how things like in my head. Um, but he, cho he used to choke on food. So I couldn't strap him in because I would always have to pull him out. <laughs> bang his back. It sounds horrific and stressful as a new mom. And it was, and I was making him grilled cheese that I had cut up really small and I went to go get it. And he was like a monkey, like I was and flipped out the back of his high chair. I talk about that in my podcast. Um, I talk about other stories. I talk about mom wins. I talk about funny things that happen with my dogs. I talk about my husband's, uh, my husband and I, um, and then I decided during, so then quarantine happened and I was like, there's not a lot of funny things happening. I need to change this. So I did a series called quarantine stories. And that was, um, people being able to just tell where they were in the world and what was happening in their quarantine. And then, um, you know, I still would splatter in my stories. Um, and then it came to me, I was like, you know what? I started this podcast and I did it right. I did it all backwards. A lot of times with attention deficit, that's the thing you do too. You start from Z and you go backwards. It's fine. It's the way I do things. I don't beat myself about it. Um, but I was like, okay, I need a website. I need this. I, I didn't need any of that, but I got all that done. And then, um, but I knew I had my stories, right? I knew I can talk as you can say, <laughs> I can talk. I enjoy talking. Um, so I was like, I just want to share this with women. I want them to know that there's, if they have ideas, they can just go and get them. They don't need to sit there and be like, oh, well, who wants to hear me? Like, you know, I had, fr I would have friends that are close friends to me, so I didn't take it in any offense, but they'd be like, well, who, who cares? Who wants to hear your story? And I'm like, 
oh, there's people out there. There's people out there that want to hear my story. Um, so that's where it came from. And then the Love What You Do series is just more of that. I want women to hear other women's stories about how they maybe had an idea. Or even if it was just like they wanted to write poetry and then they made themselves a little poetry book and then they share it with their children. Something because creative outlets are so important. And I would never really consider myself a super creative person, even though someone else might say, yeah, you are. You created a podcast. Like you are creative. And um, there's women out there like myself that decided to stay home. You know, I was fortunate enough that I was able to stay home with my children. That is what I wanted to do. Um, and then my children got a little older and they didn't need me as much. And I was like, okay, I need something else. I can't just keep volunteering. Like I don't like I, who, and it wasn't like, who am I? But my husband had a great career. We didn't need my finance um, to come in, but I still was like, I'm going to do something. I want to contribute now, right? My kids are a little bit older. They need me in a different way. I have some extra time. So that's what I want women to know. It doesn't matter if what you want to do. If you want to write a book, write a screenplay. It could be huge. It could be small. Open a store, right? Be a hairdresser. Um, so many things you can do, and I want them to hear that. So that's where um, Love What You Do series has come at. And I am just episode 69 just um, hit on uh, Wednesday. What's today? Friday. So Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And I've already recorded episode 80. Wow. <laughs> I am, I mean, Clubhouse, first of all, has been a great attractor for that. I mean, that's how you and I met. Um, but the amount of just amazing, fun, creative things that women are doing, that they're making money and helping other women is just, it's, it's just fascinating. So that's where it came about. Fantastic. Fantastic. So your final word for mothers, what's your yeah. final word? Mm -hmm. So you don't have to, there's so many moms, especially moms that were in the corporate world, right? And had jobs and moms. We don't have to do it all. We really don't have to do it all. Find what you're passionate about and do that, right? So like, I, I'll have friends when my kids, and then I'll leave it. But when my kids were little, I loved playing, right? I loved getting on the ground and playing with them. I'd much rather do that than vacuum and straighten up. So I'd be like, oh, I'm playing. But I had friends that were like, what? No, I don't do that. I let, you know, my kid plays by himself. And I'm like, you know, I, I really enjoy it. We jump in mud puddles. We're out. We do that. Um, now my kids probably, as they're older, they'd be like, well, you don't do that anymore. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. I hate Monopoly. Um, I'll do Scrabble, but I hate Monopoly. Um, but so that's the thing I want mothers to know. You can pick and choose the things that you can do. But if you have ideas and you want to add a little bit more, or you need a little passion, or you need a little fire, and you feel like you're just stuck in your life, you don't have to be unhappy. But like, if you're not really on fire sometimes, right, you can't have passion all the time. You can, I mean, that's exhausting, right? I mean, who wants passion all the time? I, I certainly don't. I want to sit on the couch sometimes and just be. But I know that there's times where I need that. That fuels me. That fuels me to be like, okay, and I want my kids to know if I dream something, I can create it and I want them to know that they can do the same. So that's kind of, I think my last, I know that was like not just one saying that you said, <laughs> but, but true that's me, fine. I had to, I had to add some more. Um, yeah. So that, that's it, you know, just do you, but do it loudly and bright because people want, you're going to help someone somewhere and people will resonate, you know, everyone, someone will resonate, but you don't have to do it all. Don't exhaust yourself. It's not worth it. Fantastic. Thank you so much.
Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. This is great. We are actually recording this live also on um, on Clubhouse, so that's probably why you can hear the the um, echoing in the background. Yeah. So we're going to finish this now. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Um, yeah, do it loud and bright. Yes, yeah. very, very. Yeah. I think I'm going to put that in a quote. Do it loud and bright. Fantastic. So um, thank you so much, Juliet, for joining. And now we're going to go on Clubhouse um, and then answer some questions over there. But I just want to thank everybody that's joined um, this live. Thank you so much. Yes, from Stama, from Bola, from, wow, there's, there's quite a lot of people here, you know. Yeah. Um, from is, is, is a, thank you so much. Very yes, much thank you guys. Everybody. Thank you. And KG, thank, thank you. you for having me on. You know that I love, talking about all things motherhood and struggles because we all have them and we can all get past them yeah okay thank you everybody thank you bye bye, bye.